Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Hello. How's it going, everyone? I, Good. I, I'm going to cut you off mm-hmm. because I am, I am doing great a little bit. Um, there's a lot of crippling anxiety in the world right now, but there is one shining ray of hope that Seth and I have been able to find a little bit of solace in. And that is that Baja Blast is it back is? in stores. Oh, yes, <laughs> it is. And there is also, because um, your boy is trying to not be fat, um, there's zero sugar Baja Blast, and it just tastes like Baja Blast. It's it's so good. They mastered the secret to zero sugar soda. Um, at least Mountain Dew did with this one. I don't. I can't drink Mountain Dew anymore. Uh, if my if Seth and I's uh, secret brother, Zach G, like if he ever listens to the show, he can attest to um, like, I can't drink Mountain Dew anymore because we drank so much when we were in high school that it like now makes me sick thinking about it. But Baja Blast is in the clear. And man, it's great. And it's in cans. Seth, how many 12 packs do you have right now? Um, just, I just got two. Okay. I didn't go too overboard. There was there was one year where you had like up to like 15 at one point. Oh, jeez. Right? Well, I don't know. It was a lot. I don't know if it was yeah, 15. I'm pretty sure. I think it was more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was one summer oh my where I consumed way too much. We, you just planned blast. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was great. He had it for a long time after it was gone. It I mean, yeah, good. you gotta you gotta ration these things. Well, yeah, because you <laughs> stock don't, up. You don't always want to go to Taco Bell to get a Baja. Yeah, and I can't because the, of the one that burned down down the street that they are not even trying to fix. That's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. So yeah, uh, Baja's back, baby. And this show is uh, unofficially sponsored by that because of how much we love it. Forrest doesn't drink soda, so he's just going to drink water and appreciate Good. that Baja's yes. back. I'll, I'll place... You should buy some and then like put it through a Brita filter. <laughs> and then it's basically water. Okay. <laughs> you know, maybe I will. <laughs> give, me, give me something something to do. <laughs> Yeah, while you're in your self-isolation. Yes. Forrest is here in front of me. We are breaking the rules. Yes, we are. A little bit. Horrible people. Um, <laughs> so Seth is safe up in Orlando. Maybe safe. For now. Safe from For us. Um, Pollen... I did find out that my uh, friend who thought he had coronavirus just had a regular virus. So, oh, so thank that was God. good. Okay. All right. Um that makes me actually feel very relieved. Yeah. I've been very stressed out for you. I'm just letting you know. Um, so I am feel very happy about that. Uh, yeah, it also, was, <laughs> it was funny he texted me at like 2 a.m. He's <laughs> just like, just to let you know, it was just a normal virus. <laughs> um, also right now, Florida is running rampant with pollen. So there's no way of telling... If anyone around you is actually sick or just has allergies. Yeah. Uh, one of my coworkers has very bad allergies and 
when there were still people in the office and he would just start sneezing, <laughs> he would get some looks. Yeah, it's it's hard right now. I just know in public because you know how bad my allergies are, Seth. In public, I just like I can just tell everyone's like, "Oh my god, get away from me!" Get and I'm like, "I promise, I'm not." It's just allergies. It's not what you think. Um, but let's let's talk about video games. Everyone has a lot of stress because of COVID nineteen and coronavirus and stuff. And let's talk about some positive stuff. We'll get into the how that's affecting the gaming world later. Um, but it has actually affected the way I played video games this past week. Um, you know, it seems like t- it would be a really good time to start the Division 2. No, no it wouldn't, man. It would be a bad time. <laughs> um, it would be good because there's a lot of free time, but it would be bad because it would just stress you out. And that's that's kind of what leaned into, it affected my gaming habits. Um, I was really excited to... Excite's a weird word, but I was excited to finish playing Kentucky Route Zero to talk about it on the show this week. And as things started to escalate, um, it got very stressful. And uh, so I couldn't. I, I just knew, I know that that game is going to affect me emotionally in a way that I could not force myself to to put my like put myself through those emotions on top of the anxiety and everything I was feeling about the virus. And so I kind of just started playing Picross aggressively (laughs) because Picross does nothing but give you this sort of satisfaction that you completed a puzzle. And it was very positive for my brain. And so, yeah, um, I, I played a lot of Picross and that's great. And I also know I've, I'm going to have to eat crow, not a diseased one, hopefully. Um, I talked badly about Ori and the Blind Forest last week. <laughs> and while I still maintain that the platforming is a little too floaty for me, I am really appreciating that game. I've, I kind of forced myself to get over the hill on it um and literally yeah he's on the way on the he's working his way down on this the other side of the hill now yeah yeah (laughs) Forrest was looking at the map while i was playing today and i honestly what makes the platforming better is getting more of the abilities the the traversal abilities and so it's a weird thing with the game where the platforming is I feel like it's bad because it's floaty, but the way that the game starts to make up for that feeling is by just giving you abilities to kind of make platforming not a thing. Like you can kind of, if the stage is set up a certain way, I don't touch the floor for like a couple minutes, like because I'm jumping off of enemies and everything. And that's really satisfying. And the attacking is getting a little better, but that's also because I'm a little overpowered. So I don't know if the game is actually getting better or if I'm just kind of overpowered and that's making the game better for me. But I'm enjoying it. The music is good. The graphics are beautiful. I'm kind of glad I'm not playing it on Switch because some of the, some of the scenery that's very beautiful, I don't know how well it would hold up on the Nintendo Switch. 
and I know I'm playing it like I see the little HDR 4K like thing on my TV when I switch to it. So I know I'm playing in like 4K 60, all that stuff. Um, but it's a it's a fun little game. I'm a little over halfway through it, and I know that because it gives you a percentage counter with for your collectibles and everything. And I'm enjoying it. I will probably have it finished by next week, and I'll start the new one. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, if I find time between Animal Crossing and that. But, yeah, I've been playing Ori, and I I kind of decided to give it a second shot after your brother on Saturday chided me, Seth. Um, I was I had lunch with Zach on Saturday, and I was telling him how I was having issues with Ori, and he's like, you just need to play further because you're about to get a bunch of abilities and it just gets better. And so, uh, he was right. I got like four abilities within the span of like three hours of gameplay and it made the game way better. Um, at least in my opinion. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to play will of the wisps though, because apparently you get all those traversal stuff like right at the beginning and the game just kind of builds upon where you leave off on Ori in the Blind Forest. So that's good. Because the, the game is real good right now. So that's what I've been playing, Seth. Cool. And I'm admitting I was wrong <laughs> about Ori. Hey, that's good. Sometimes, sometimes you just... It, you know... I almost just played Hollow Knight instead of playing Ori. I was like, you know, I'm going to go do all the DLC and stuff in Hollow Knight that I never did. Um, that's super hard. And then I was like, you know, I should play something new. I can't just keep playing stuff I've already played. And so I forced myself to play that. So. But man, I we'll talk about Hollow Knight a little bit in the second half because I was kind of disappointed it wasn't talked about during the indie world. So. But, Seth, I know that you've been playing something interesting, so please tell us about it. Yes. Um, I started and have been playing uh, Neo 2, the sequel to Neo, (laughs) (laughs) which is Ninja Theory's sort of um, Dark Souls meets Ninja Gaiden type deal. Yeah. which was a cool game that uh, a game that I really enjoyed. Um, a very strange game, um, and I have I'm not too far in it because, of course, you know it's a Souls game, so there is it's not just a game you can blast through. Um, and when you're trying to blast through it, it uh, tends to be the times when um, you <laughs> end up falling on your face the most um it's very cool though because they're like it it returned all of the basic kind of core elements of gameplay from the previous one and they've added new um new combat abilities um so the the sort of gimmick about this game is that the character you play is like half demon basically um and so he has the ability um, to when you're fighting enemies um, or the the yokai around the world, like sometimes they'll drop these demon cores that you can pick up, 
and it'll allow you to equip two of them to be able to use like their moves or like transform into them basically for an attack. Um, so what you're saying is you're basically popping a devil trigger like in DMC. No, so well, it's like Pokemon. Um, you're in in a sense. Um, that you don't always like one of the one of the moves I have just turns my arm into a giant arm and throws a spear. Like it doesn't turn me into the giant thing. Um, and some of them summon the monsters. Um, yeah, and and there's also this. You can there are different like yokai forms that you can uh, just transform into, um, which replace like this. Um, in the previous game, you you could as you progress through the stories, you got these different guardian spirits, who um, they give you different stat boosts and they have different elements. Um, you know they're kind of like Jin from from uh, Golden Sun, if you will, and. Yeah. When a, a gauge a gauge charge up, you could like unleash them basically, and they would go attack. And depending on what guardian spirit it was, would be would determine like how the attack was. Um, and in this one, like you still have the guardian spirits, but instead of them attacking, you transform into a a big horned um, demon monster, um, which is equally as fun to do and 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 even more active. Um, I'm not too far in the game. Um, they're also new kind of, uh, they, they're like, gosh, I, I never played the DLC of the original Neo added, um, I th- want to say two or three weapon types to the base game. And so all of those are in Neo 2 and I think there are like two more. So there's like, um, man, there's at least like 10 different weapon types in this game, I think, um, and they they all each have their own skill trees. Like you'll get points um, just by using the weapons and and defeating enemies with them. And so they all have their own these very large skill trees and different ways that you can specialize those um, weapons. Uh, there are also new like sort of elemental effects that that weapons can have. Um, it's very cool. It's from what I've played so far, it's not like a huge departure um, from the previous game, um, but they have expanded it in in some cool ways to make it feel fresh. Um, and you know, it's 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 a lot of fun. I I want to ask you because I I was listening to uh, Kotaku split screen and they were talking about. Uh, like I think Kirk or Jason was playing this, I can't remember. Um, but they said there's the character creator was really in depth. Um, do you not play as the same character from the first one? No. So okay, Neo so they didn't get into a, that. <laughs> yeah, Neo Two is a prequel to the first one. Like it happens. Oh, before. okay. Yeah. Um, so in Neo, you play as um, Sir William something. What is his name? He's yeah, a real person. Kind of, you're kind of like a like isn't what's that Tom Cruise William last William Adams? Um, yeah, he's William Adams was like this actual historical figure who was like one of the only, or I think the only um, samurai who was a white person from the West. Um, 
and so he was like kind of like this historical figure that they built this story about um but in neo 2 you um you create your own character who is the child of this um yokai woman and this uh this guy who was like uh what's what is he, he used to be a daimyo i think and he sort of abdicated his his um governance to his son um so so you're like half demon half human yes oh so yeah. it is kind of devil may cry esque hey. <laughs> okay yeah so bit. it's it's um it's pretty cool i i enjoy it um it's it's definitely it's it's got the same kind of just overall sort of oppressing look to it everything's really dark uh listeners will will remember that i famously in the first game uh, had to play without music um because it was just like beating down on me while i was failing in these missions i have not had to do that yet um but I also, like, it's it's really interesting, like, I've noticed, right, even at the outset, I am a lot more proficient at doing this stuff, um, since playing through Neo and more recently Sekiro, um, which is probably a more um, intensive game to play, uh, that I, like, there are stretches where I will get through things with without a whole lot of um resistance um and even like enemy types that were in the first one that I remember having a hard time with that I can beat pretty quickly um and I guess that's just uh, uh an on account of having more experience in the genre type but at the same time it's also I want to say humorous. Uh, it's not really humorous. Like, it's sort of objectively humorous, I guess, that there are segments that I can blaze through, um, and then, like, if I die and have to go through them again, I will just immediately screw up. Um, <laughs> it's it's frustrating, but it's also, like, there's sometimes that you're just kind of like, yep, that's how it works. Because there there's aren't any um any there's no difficulty setting. So my roommate came in the other day and he was watching me, and he was like, "What difficulty are you playing on, normal or hard?" And I had to tell him that there's no difficulty. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say the base difficulty is hard. Yeah. Um, but it's more just like it it demands you to be meticulous because even like lowly um, foot soldiers who you can kill in two slashes of a sword, they can also do the same thing to you. Um, if you Ooh. are, if you are playing recklessly. Um, and so, but, but it's also interesting cause I found that, um, the game, like momentum is a really big thing in the game. Like there was okay. a, a sequence, there was a sequence yesterday where I was playing. Um, and I was in this area that was like, packed with with enemies um and and i think it was like my first or or second time through it and i just kind of methodically one by one took out each one of the enemies um 
And then I ventured out of that area to uh, this that, that run, so to say, ended because like I was fighting one enemy and I killed it, but because because of the way the kind of the game, like the momentum of your sword swinging and the way it kind of sticks you onto enemies, um, my I was pulled into like a raging fire and died immediately at the same time as the enemy that I was fighting died, um, which was really annoying because it was at a place that I couldn't like easily just go get to. So uh, basically, I had to run through this whole gauntlet again to get through it, um, and I had. Like, I, had, I was doing so well, and then to die like that, like, I just kind of lost all my mojo and immediately, like, screwed it up um, and lost all of the stuff that I had gained. And it was really frustrating. Um, and so, and that's the other thing, like, that when something something happens, at least for me, I can get sort of obsessed uh, obsessive about, like, trying to recreate that and um, recoup all the stuff that I lost and that just leads to more uh, frustrating deaths and more uh, lost resources and so um, it can it can it can be it has it can turn into kind of like a vicious cycle at least for for me when I'm playing um, so it's like you have to kind of strike that balance in between making sure you are being careful but also trying to maintain a kind of flow with what you're doing um, right and like either you go too too far into either way and it'll um the game will smack you in your face and be like no you're doing it wrong you have to start over <laughs> and it um and it's it makes it rewarding when you get through the stuff um because like it, even there was even a boss that I at a level that I was fighting, which I had, um, I had fought that guy, the this creature earlier and um, made pretty short work of it. Now, granted, it was on a a, a lower, like an easier mission, um, and gotcha. and this was like a harder version of that. But I just, I could not for the life of me get it. Like I, I it was like pounding my head against the wall and then i finally it's you just eventually you have a a run where like you go and everything sort of just clicks and then at the end of it after you won you're like how did that take me so long to do um but it's so it's but it's really it's always really good i think the the beauty of the games is like this is that you can there is a noticeable like result from the amount of time that you were putting into it um like you can at any at any given moment honestly you you can from where you are at that point like that point in a level or in the game you can you can say hey i've gotten x much better at this game um and i think that's at least for me that's why i like to i i, I like to come back to games like this and and keep playing them despite how uh, infuriating they can be. Right. Um, all right. I, I'm ex I'm, I wish I could say I, could, I was going to play this game. Um, but I, I will enjoy listening to you talk about it. I hope that you eventually stream some of it, Seth, because I, um, I still remember vividly the, 
me watching you stream some of um, Sekiro. Yeah. And you fighting the monkey and you getting to the second phase of the oh, monkey. Oh, man. And I didn't know about the second phase and I was <laughs> screaming. I was like, what? Like, yeah, that was... monkey fight was crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you ever stream some of it, let me know. Like, make sure you... I will. Cause the it, one uh... thing that is... is... Now, I'm not too far into the game. Um, but the the one thing that's sort of disappointing is that the... That, like the bosses, like the the bosses are usually the sort of big, um, like showstopper moments of these games. Like we talk about the monkey from Sekiro, um, and I I guess the beginning of Sekiro was like this too. But the bosses that I have encountered, like they're unique when I fight them. But as you go further into the into the game, you see those enemies as just like common enemy types. Um, and so I haven't actually come up against one of those kind of, um, bosses that you just like, that, that have that kind of boss feel to them. Right. But I I know they are in there because, um, remembering the first game, I think it was, I recall it was like that. And then, uh, especially as you meet more people in the game that you have to fight it, there, there are some unique encounters like that but there's nothing i mean i can't say there's nothing because i'm again i'm not that far but i don't anticipate there being anything quite like that monkey fight (laughs) yeah that monkey fight was something else all right um did you play anything else or um i've continued to uh, make some more headway in murder by numbers it's quite fun good I am glad. I I plan on getting it. Um The only the weird thing about it though is that often with Picross you can like there is a sort of at some point you you have an idea of what it is you're making. Um and it's basically oh no, never it's the this... case with uh, murder by numbers. It <sighs> makes the puzzle like, so hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> You can't really it, grasp what you're working on until after it's finished and, like, they recolor all the things to make it sort of vaguely from a distance look like the thing that it is. Yeah. That's rough. I, the problem I hate is the puzzles all of the, that do that. All of the puzzles, like, the the results are, like, meant to be icons in your menu, basically, that you can, oh. like, evidence that you can you can ask witnesses about. And so they can't like be these super elaborate things. Cause then you like would be able to, to know what they were. Right. But yeah, it's, it can be, it's not really frustrating. It's just like, um, it just makes the, the puzzles a little, little different when you, you're, you're only working basically on the numbers to just finish the puzzle rather than like filling the puzzle out and figuring out what the thing actually is as you're going. Yeah, it just yeah, it's and it's it's not a bad thing. It just um, makes the the effect of these puzzles a lot different. That's one of the what's the Jupiter? It's why Jupiter games always is the best. They they you know you always get a good view of what the puzzle's going to be. Every once in a while they have an odd one, but um, you know, Picross games not made by them can sometimes have weird puzzles. Um, but, uh, forest, 
Yes. What have you played? Um, so I've been playing some more Mega Man Zero Two. Have I don't have any new. <laughs> no lore dumps no, today. No, yeah, no, no more new lo- robot lore for y'all tonight. Uh, I've been focusing on just upgrading my stuff in the game instead of progressing the story. So I'll be back with you next week on a huge, huge exposition dump for y'all. I, listen, you're promising this, and you better deliver, or I'll be upset. <laughs> I need to learn about the Cyber Elves and their origin and why they exist. I don't know if you're at that point yet where you can start explaining that with the game. I mean, I could explain but, uh, it right now. No, yeah, no, 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 no. no, we, no. It, we, we need to go along with Forrest yes. with the games that he's at. Because, like, I, yeah, I, I, I could just give, like, the whole series. No, don't do that. But I'm not. Like, we're doing this piece by piece here. Right. Um, but I did start Resident Evil 6. And Huey, I, like, I played about, I think, three hours. Okay, so these the... the Campaign mode is split into four campaigns, um, focusing on Leon from Resident Evil 2 and 4 fame, uh, Chris from 1 and 5 fame, um, a new character who is the son of Albert Wesker, and then the fourth campaign is Ada Wong, again of Resident Evil 2 and 4 fame. Right. And so my friend and I, we started uh, the Leon campaign because we're going to do the whole thing co-op like we did with Resi 5. And we are about, I think, three-fifths of the way through Leon's campaign now, and it is rough. Like, I multiple times during our play session, I was just like, I, I, can't, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> like, I, I was getting actually upset by just the... By the the level design and the game design is just not, it's not good. And the story is really <laughs> stupid and not in a fun way. It's stupid in a bad way. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I, yeah. Yeah. And like in every technical problem that I had with five, I have with six, but multiplied by like three times on this. Um, It's using, the MT Frameworks engine, which by the time Resi 6 came out, was already about three or four years out of date. It's the engine that they used for Resi 4, DMC 4, Resi 5, um, the Revelation, the Resident Evil Revelations um, back on the 3DS. Like, it it was Capcom's, like, go-to engine for a long time. Well, I mean, you got to be fair. Resident Evil Revelations on the 3DS oh, was, like, the, groundbreaking. Yes, that was like really good looking yes. and crazy for the 3DS. Yes, yes for the 3DS. <laughs> and that not but like the Xbox 360. Exactly. But like this engine by the time 6 came out was just so dated and used so extensively by that point. Um the graphics are just really rough to look at. They're they reuse assets from Resident Evil 4 and 5. Like down to literal textures, so like you walk into a room that is that li- is literally made from textures from Resi Four. That's so, not great. No, it's not. And then there is also a two sets of hallways that are identical, and I mean literally identical, not like mirrored, but identical. Which is like I don't know I've I never felt like I've experienced that in a game like posters are hung up on the exact same spots in the same layout wait till you play control 
and it's done on purpose. Okay, but I can respect <laughs> that because that's like that's done to like make you feel uneasy or something, right? Yeah. This isn't. It's just really annoying. Uh, um but yeah, in just it's it's a mess all around. My my friend insists that we are going to like things get better from here. Like we've gone through the worst that the game has no, to offer so no, far. No, you you I had to live through um you know, at GameStop, there was always this um, uneasy and terrible feeling when a game got a bad review <laughs> after you had gotten a lot of people to pre-order it. Yeah. And so your credibility gets real hurt oh, yeah. after a while. And Resident Evil 6 was a big, big hit to a lot of people. Like, people were like, you got me to pre-order Resident Evil 6? And, I'm, and it well, sucks. I don't, it's, this is terrible. So... You're just echoing a lot of stuff I've heard that, yeah, no, it's it does not get better. Not at all. But, I mean, I it, have hope, I guess. Maybe don't waste your time. But if you want to, live I, your life. I, I feel like I need to experience it at least. <laughs> give that, give that, give myself a purple heart after this is all said and done. And maybe I wouldn't even use the phrase, like, it gets better. I think I would probably describe it as it gets less worse. We'll see. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm not. I wouldn't put too much money on it. There's a reason why they kind of stopped making Resident Evils and then did, in that style. They did. They jumped. It was seven, right? They didn't. No. Uh, they had Revelations two and then seven. Yeah, but seven. They they. I'm talking about numbered franchises. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't consider. I mean, I don't like count spinoffs. That's fair. Ever since the uh, the biggest. A biggest blow that it's been delivered has been delivered to me and my credibility at GameStop was <laughs> when we got pre people to pre-order uh, Operation Raccoon City. Oh, which was rough. That is very rough. Yeah, there was a that was that game was probably like one of the most aggressively returned games ever. I don't blame so. them. <laughs> um, Seth, have you played any Resident Evil games? I have not. Hmm. Do you have any interest in them? Um, I kind of want to play the two remake, and I am s interested in the three remake. You know, I but recommend we'll the see. heck out of that two remake. The the three <laughs> th Resident Evil three has some great puzzles in it that are fun, and you you have the increasing fear of Nemesis just constantly um, on yeah. you. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil three is is my favorite one. Um, so I'm excited for that remake. The demo dropped early today and it will be official tomorrow. Like it jumped, dropped early in some regions, I think. Yeah. So look out for that. That's not like a, we're not just going straight into news, but we're talking about Resident Evil. So it's, it's topical. Yeah. Throw it in here. So, um, with that, uh, that's all you played, right? Uh, I, th yes. You watched me play Ori. I did. <laughs> But you didn't play Ori. No. But it looks like the demo that I played a few months ago. <laughs> there you and go. I like that. Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah. All right. Um, with that, we will take our break and we will be right back. And we're back. 
hopefully during that short break you were checking out the social media. Um, I certainly was. (laughs) Thanks, Seth. My own Uh, social media. Oh, well, that's fair. (laughs) Uh, Checking out social media. Suplex the sticks on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. uh, And you should join our Discord so you can converse with us about all the fun gaming news that happens. I know I did. (laughs) Yeah, Forrest (laughs) threw threw the (laughs) memes channel on accident, but... um, it's it's fine. We we talk about gaming oh. news and off topic stuff, and it's great. Um, and and really, especially with the, we had a indie direct this week and a rumored Nintendo direct. Uh, it always gets fun in the chat when those are happening. Um, can't can't say it was super fun during the PS Five GDC talk today, <laughs> but. We'll we'll get into that, but yeah, make yeah. sure uh, I'll share the the links. They're always in the show notes, uh, and Discord is free, so just jump in there and you know just say hey. We got a solid little community on there, so it's fun. But let's let's talk about the news. Um, Seth, did you watch any of this GDC PS Five talk? No, I was wholly uninterested in it. I mean. And it seemed like it was wholly uninteresting. Yes, you're very... Well, I I don't know. I think it was worth looking at as a sort of thing not to do. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that. Forrest, did you watch any of it? I didn't watch the... No, I did not. No? Okay. I, uh, All right. So this was a GDC talk. So it was just dry reading of stats and explaining how a PC works and explaining how solid state drives work and how, but it was an hour. It was an hour of charts and it's almost like a business meeting. Yeah. Well, so Sony has a, a, a classic history of doing this stuff. Like their E3, (laughs) their, their E3 press conferences used to be, just business stuff like it was a business meeting and it was like not gaming announcements i remember the one year that they announced it was either little big planet or something but they used a little big planet level to announce like sales figures and everything and it was like okay Mm. come on um do you do you not remember that seth i i I vaguely do i was yeah i was groaning at how uh, (laughs) terrible it is yeah no it's not great and so it's kind of frustrating because um, also, I don't know, it was kind of hilarious too, because you have Mark Cerny up there, who is, uh, I mean, he's the Sony guy right now. I'm pretty sure he's the main one. Um, and they they don't show off the system or the controller. They just are talking about the internals of the system. And he's obviously in front of a green screen with a real podium because his hair is very fuzzy because the green screen isn't picking up the spaces in between. And then there's what seems to be a simulated audience, a la mystery science theater, (laughs) 3000, like just blacked out backs of heads moving occasionally. I'm you're never sure if they're real people or if they just are faked. Like it's very strange. Yeah, that was, it's so weird because like that was uh, on first glance. That's not something that you, you don't immediately think, oh, this looks strange. But then like the more you think about it and look at it, you're like, well, 
wait, that's that's not right. It, yeah, it's very bizarre. Yeah, it was very bizarre. And the whole time he just he stood there and talked for an hour. He didn't move around. He didn't. Like it wasn't like a, a WWDC, like Apple sort of thing where like you're walking around with a pointer and like hitting slides. He stood at the podium and said what needed to be said in an hour. Uh, and that, it's it, like, so unengaging. Yeah, no, it like, was. I was actually a little excited for this. And then I saw the tweets like, OK, it's been kind of leaked that this is a, a about an hour. And I was like, oh, that's rough. And then when I realized, oh, this guy's just talking at a podium, uh, and I was like, I'm, I can't, I'm out, and I, I closed out of it. Um, if you want to see some funny tweets, uh, Jason Schreier <laughs> tweeted out some yes. great clips of like charts they showed that are nonsensical, and they mean nothing. They're just symbols on a chart, and it. I don't understand what they were going for. Yeah, the thing the, with the icons. <laughs> and the, like the, having to do with like a arrow. scale. Yeah, and it had to do with like processing no power or something it said. And I was like, what? And like the one on the far right was an axe. So which I, I guess was trying to think they were. Right. I was trying to, I was thinking maybe they were going for like the the icons represent a game. Um. But I don't understand what games they represent. Like the axe is probably God of War, and the the car is Gran Turismo. Uh, there's a bow and arrow, so that's either Tomb Raider or Horizon Zero Dawn. I one of the two. I'd go with Horizon. Um, there is a a radioactive symbol. I don't know what that would go to. Um, Ratchet and Clank. Right. <laughs> um, maybe that bad zombie game that they. Tried to uh, pretend yeah. never Days existed. Gone. Days gone. Days gone. Who knows? So people really like that game. I apparently. don't. Well, yeah. Some people. Some people love bland stuff, and you can't explain it. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, Call of Duty sells well. So, uh, sorry, Forrest. But all You're right. Good. So You're this is all kind course. of frustrating. <laughs> This is all frustrating because Xbox came out like Monday and had just a bunch of fun information. They, you don't have to do an hour long talk to share this kind of stuff. So they just released an article like talking about the solid state drive and they released an article talking about the the architecture of how the system is going to work. And uh, they also did... They also talked about the fact that they're going to have memory cards, which is insane that we're in the year of our Lord 2020 and we're going to have <sighs> solid state drive memory cards. I'm so like that. Something about that just makes me so happy. I mean, yeah, but it's going to cost like $200. Yeah, it's going to be $200 yes. for like the base level memory card. Yes, which is going to suck. But the idea of having a memory card. Like, be an integral part of the system again. Like, something about that just makes me feel young again. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, like, I get it because I also kind of, it's, it's, I guess it's mostly just nostalgia. But it's also funny how, how, like, cartridge technology um, was, it's, it was obsolete and then. Now it's, it's swinging its way. Gone all the way back to where <laughs> solid state is much quicker. Yeah. Um, they also announced that the Xbox Series X 
can be played standing up or laying down. And if it's standing up, it's actually up on these little feet because the fan sucks the air through the bottom of the console and exhales it through the top. Um, mm, like like they, a chimney. Yeah, mm. they explained that kind of stuff. And then you have Sony talk for an hour. You have <laughs> Mr. Sony get up there and he's throwing up these charts that mean nothing. And you're just confused. Like, it's like, hold on, what? Why? I mean, I know you're talking about how fast the write speed of this hard drive is, but what does that mean? Yeah. And then you have Xbox come out here and they're like, hey, look at Microsoft's out here. Look at the controller. And then here's the new controller. It has a share button. It has ridges at the top. We've been kind of... Like ruffles. Yeah, they've been they've been testing those ridges. They're on the Gears 5 Kate Diaz controller. Um, I love them. So I know I'm excited for the new controller now. They also are like, yeah, backwards compatibility is great. Sony went up there and was like, well, um, like, we're going to have some backwards compatibility with PS4. Less than 100 games at launch, but we're going to try to add more. And that's just not enough. It's a... <laughs> I don't, like... You, you cannot, in this day and age act like backwards compatibility is a back-breaking maneuver for yeah. you and your architecture. Or that it's unimportant. Or that's unimportant. And I don't know how you feel about that, Seth, but it's it's insane to me. Um, For sure. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, the whole thing was weird. Like, I get that it was a GDC talk, and so it was... It's not really... was designed to hype people up about the console... But also, like, this is the first time you've talked about it in at all, I guess, since it was announced. Uh, and you ha- they, ha- they had to know, like, what people were expecting and how people were going to take this. Yeah, I think that's I think that's part of the issue is that, like, they they hyped it up, kind of. They said, get your details on the PS5. And then this is what they gave people. Um, yeah, it's strange. It's definitely strange. But, you know, we've got the new controller for Xbox at least. We, I mean, we can talk about how bad the, the, the Sony one was, but the, the Xbox one is good. Yeah. The Xbox Series X is going to be fun. And maybe the cool new system. But... Also, I was so I was talking to Cameron at work and he brought up a good point because he has a pretty powerful PC. Um, and so he's like, if I'm going to get a next gen console, it would be a PS4 at this point because all of the games are coming to PC. And you know it's what? True. I think I think Microsoft is fine with that. They're OK with that. They if you want to buy a console, I think they they want you to have that option, but if you just want to play stuff on your PC, go for it. Um, which is kind of neat. It's a, it's a interesting strategy for them. Um, and it, it kind of goes along with what they're doing right now with game pass a little bit by adding more value propositions to that. Like they announced today that there's going to be some games where you get like exclusive DLC or free DLC, uh, for the game. Uh, if you have game pass, uh, it's only like three or four games now, like 
Sea of Thieves and a couple other ones, but um, it definitely opens the door for like some of the season passes f- that have gone by. Like you can download the DLC for free, possibly. Um, so, I mean, they're trying to add more stuff as a value prop for Game Pass and everything, which is cool. All about that. So, I, I'm excited for the future. But it is funny that we have these seemingly two entirely different strategies at getting information about the next console to us. <laughs> um, and I, I'm wondering how it's going to go from here. Um, do you think that this is maybe hurting Sony's ground with the, the PS5, Seth? Um, I think it's, there's not really any way of telling. Yeah. Cause we're so far, we're so far from launches. And, and I mean, we, we're, we might even be like the launches could be delayed into next year, possibly, um, cause of production. So I mean, you're right. It's it's probably like way too soon to theorize, but I mean, they've got to get they've got to get a hype man or something. They've got something a little more exciting out yeah. there. Um, maybe announce a game that's not a third or party two. game. Yeah, uh, something. So who knows? We're we're coming up to. We're slowly headed towards June, and. You know, meanwhile, I'm sure we'll know more then. So, um, speaking of production stuff being halted and slowed, um, Square Enix's Twitter came out with a notice that it may be difficult to get Final Fantasy VII Remake discs at launch, which is not great. That sucks, uh, especially since we all. Uh, were pretty positive on the demo for the most part. Um, I was maybe the one that had the most hesitation, but I still am excited for it. So do you think that this will make you get it digitally, Seth? Well, funny thing about that, I was already considering getting it digitally because you know what happens when you pre-order digitally on the on Sony's storefront. Uh, yeah, yep. I <laughs> gotta get that dynamic theme, baby. Get a dynamic oh, theme. True. It's uh, yeah. Uh huh. Nope. No, you say no more. I so I don't know. Like, um, but this the news it does make me concerned about other potential games that I am waiting on physical editions to come out and whether or not I will actually be able to get them. Like Persona Five Royal. Yes. The special oh, edition, to be exact. Ooh, you got the special edition. I did with the mask and everything. Oh man! So I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be so upset excited. if I'm, I'm so not not able to get you. that. I, I mean, at least you know you'll get it eventually. Like it's not gonna be canceled, canceled. But man, that's exciting. I'm, I'm so, ex- I'm so hyped for you. I didn't know you got the mask edition. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. it also comes with a soundtrack, which is also Ooh, very oh, that is that's yeah, the a real C- a CD even. Love it. Man, you're going to be living it. I'm oh, excited for you. Just sitting there doing work from home in your Joker mask. Yeah. It'll be great. Not like the DC's Joker. Yeah. The <laughs> good Joker. <laughs> the Phantom Thief. Yeah, the Phantom Thief. 
you don't know how many times this week I I was like, man, I I'm just gonna start Persona Five, and then I had to like remind myself like we're like it's literally like two yeah. weeks away, <laughs> like <Yeah>. two <laughs> weeks away from Persona Five Royal, um, and it's so funny, it's frustrating, because uh, Jason Schreier has been talking on Twitter and stuff about how like. He knows that Persona 5 Royal is coming, but he's like already midway through a rerun of Persona 5 just because he wanted to play it. And he's like, I know it's not a good time, but I, I can't stop myself. Yeah. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I want to play it so bad. I'm I'm so hype. I don't care that it's not coming to Switch or that might like I'm I'm ready to play this game and I'm excited for it. And man, whoo. It reminds me, Animal Crossing is upon us. That comes Friday. I that's a game I got digitally, Seth. I went into GameStop and I canceled Marianne and I's pre order. Um, and he the guy at GameStop told me that he we are not the only people that have done that. Uh, but luckily if you like if you still want to support your local GameStop, you can buy the DLC code from them and it prints out on the receipt. So Still technically bought it from GameStop, but the the DLC code just printed on the receipt and we redeemed it. So it's ready to go for Thursday night at midnight or whatever. Nice. So Yep. You you're getting that digitally, right, Sith? I believe I will. Yeah. It's a it's one of those games that you visit every day. And so <laughs> Like taking a cart in and out is going to be really yeah. inconvenient, and that's and the frankly, life. it's probably better for mm. the time being to be buying games digitally, anyways. Very true, very true. Be aware of the things you're doing. Um, uh, let's talk about DLC, Seth. Tell me about uh, something you you perked up about before we started recording with uh, Control. Yes, so um, I don't know if this was news before or what, um, but I saw that the upcoming Foundation DLC for Control, um, it's coming out this month, uh, but only on PlayStation 4 and, and PC for Xbox players. You'll have to wait until June to play it. Which is uh, a three three months of exclusivity, and that's just kind of um I don't know. I mean, it's it's it's, it's annoying. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it, this isn't the AWE one, is it? No, no, no. This is just that's the later. That's later in the year. Yeah, um, it's still frustrating. We should be past this. I, I really, I don't know. We we should be past this in gaming, and we're not, and it's very infuriating. And I feel like I forget it exists because it is kind of rare nowadays. Because um, the last, the, what is it? Kingdom Hearts, I guess, has it. Yep. Um but uh, Call of Duty is like the main last one that does this thing. And does Destiny still do it? No, Destiny stopped doing it. All right, cool. Since um, but at least with like, at least with like Kingdom Hearts and COD, those are kind of 
legacy exclusive uh, games. Right, um, this one so wasn't. So you kind of you you get it to an extent, like it's still dumb, but but this is I don't know. This is like a, a new IP from a a company who had previously their previous game was exclusive to Xbox, and so it's just like I don't know. It's I'm sure they got paid for it, so like I can't begrudge them that. But it is, uh, it's it's an annoying practice for sure, especially for a three month delay on it. It like that just seems a little much for me. Yeah, it's real long. That that Though almost is, isn't that isn't that similar to the Remind DLC for Kingdom Hearts on Xbox One? No, that was only a one month delay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was one. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a long time for sure. Upsetting. Man. Very upsetting. Yeah. That was something I didn't expect to be bummed out about. Because, yeah. like, I, I didn't know when the DLC was coming out in the first place. But to then read, oh, it's coming out in eight days, but not for you. That's kind of a... That's kind of a... Shot not, to the heart. Not, not my favorite thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll still continue to happen, but... I wish they wouldn't do it. Yeah. It'll and it's m- funny, like, <laughs> so um, this can go into our next thing, but the 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 idea of, like, timed exclusivity, um, <laughs> it's weird. Like, so N- Nintendo had an Indie Direct, uh, Indie World Showcase, and the timed exclusive thing may be, like, may have been the one thing that they spoke the, about the most. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They were saying it after almost everything, every single game that they were revealing or announcing. Especially yeah. the, the first, I, mean, like, I think the first four stood out in my mind the most. I guess, I guess it just shows, uh, it certainly reveals some of my bias that I thought it was for, that I that I'm annoyed at this, but for on the indie showcase, I thought it was cool that all these games are coming to Switch first. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, I guess I'm uh, th- to pull back the curtains a bit. I I'm probably more um, accepting one of things like this when it comes to Nintendo, but that doesn't mean I think like in general it's a um, good <laughs> strategy. I think I think Nintendo is kind of like a it's just kind of an underdog a little bit right now. Yeah. And so you you're you just want them to win and I mean I still think they're doing good, but like it's great to see that they're doing these deals cuz they used to not do deals like this. Yeah. So you know, I I I know what you're saying though, Seth. I Yeah. I just counted it out. I think seven of the games that they announced during the Indie Direct are timed Switch exclusives. Jeez. Yeah. That's a solid chunk of them. That is a solid chunk. I'd say probably at least a good third. Um, Seth, let's let's talk about this Indie World uh, Nintendo Direct type. Well, Indie Direct What's the it's indie indie world, world right? showcase indie yep. world showcase, yes. Tell me what you thought. 
Uh, it was alright. It didn't really have uh, any of the like showstoppers that the previous Indie World thing had. But certainly some interesting stuff. And, you know, there's a game called I Am Dead, which is great. Uh, I gotta <laughs> love that. And But I, I also really loved um, uh, the stuff that Sweary showed from his new debt debt repayment RPG The Good Life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, there's so much about that game that's like really? <laughs> uh yeah. I I I that looks that looks interesting. Um I'm actually really excited for this Baldo game. Uh it looks basically like a um almost a Ghibli type. Yeah, it's like a Ghibli game. Do you do you remember seeing this one, Seth? Yeah, it looked it looked nice. I I thought you'd be more excited for it. My bad. Not, <laughs> well, not I mean, bad, the, but it it certainly looks cool. It 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 has a very nice aesthetic, but the the actual gameplay didn't look all that fun. Yeah, I mean, not. It's hard to tell. Um, I'm kind of interested in this uh, cyanide and happiness game. Like, I feel like it could kind of be in the vein of the South Park game of funny. If oh, mm-hmm. that like announcement for it was really weird too. Very bizarre. It it was like almost like a newscast and then at the end of it, um the character that they were having speak basically like it's heavily implied that he like kills the creator of Cyanide and Happiness who was doing the newscast. And I was just sitting there for a few seconds after that part ended and I was like did Nintendo's letting someone like get killed on stream? Like <laughs> I don't know. It felt like really, really weird, <laughs> almost out of place. Like not in like the usual Nintendo style. I, but like I don't know. I will say that does though. I it brought up a thing that I thought was cool because it. So it seemed like they let, they let the creators, um, at have, if they not, if they didn't like plan the whole thing out, they had a large amount of input into what was actually being shown when their when their games were being showcased. Yes. Right. Because we saw like we saw more game developers in this than I think I'd I'd ever seen in one of these. Like yeah. the actual developers speaking about their games, which I thought was very cool. And so I yeah. guess that could just be what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I um, oh go ahead. Uh, one game I wanted to point out that I liked was actually one of the first ones they showed. It was uh, Blue Fire. Um, it it looks pretty action packed. Lots of dashing around and stuff. It's like a three D action game that um it kind of reminds me of um almost if like a Strider game had a three D version. Which okay I, yeah if you know what Strider um is. It's not too well known anymore. Who killed, yeah. who killed Russians? Yeah, I don't know, but like the art style is a little, a little different. It looks really cool though. I, I feel like I'm gonna have a good time with that. Yeah. What do you guys? Uh, I've been burned before by these indie directs. <laughs> That's fair. And, or indie world showcases. Uh, what do you In think what of? Way? Um, because I bought that one. Uh, God, I forgot the name of it now. Is so bad, it did not end up good. The the shooter, Seth. The the oh right, <laughs> yeah. The Morphe's Law. Yeah. So, what did you think of this Quantum League game? 
Because so, all I saw was a dying. <laughs> like, well, I spent that's thirty dollars on Morphe's Law. That's Quantum Link is a little different in that it's actually it's out right now on PC. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, yeah, and people have. Um, I think people have been. There have been good, generally good thoughts about it. Okay, um, okay. I think it's definitely a game built for a certain type of person, though. Um, and that person is, is not necessarily me. Um, yeah, they've. I guess they've had open betas on, on Steam. Um, like, it's a really cool concept. Like, you, there are rounds where you, you, you match up, you're 1v1 or 2v2ing people. Um, and then when the round ends, it starts again and basically a replay of your last round plays out alongside you. Um, and so Which you, is just you such of, a weird game. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a mechanic that I've seen in like platformers before. Um, I think it's really cool that they are putting it into like trying it in a shooter like this. Um, it's, it's a bit too, it's a bit too galaxy brain for me. I think, (laughs) um, like, I don't know that I could ever effectively kind of grasp the, uh, the strategy of this game to be good at it. And, or maybe like, I might be able to have fun at it. But, um, yeah, this is, uh, it's a game that I think is very cool looking, but, um, one that I will uh, not likely be, be playing. Having the, having the ability to basically like preemptively set up yourself for a future round, like your first round is like, some people are going to dedicate that entire first round to just setting themselves up for the next round like with their ghost playing alongside them and like i i don't know how that's going to work cuz if an if your enemy just pays attention to how you played that first round they just avoid that right yes like but also <laughs> if you like uh. if you force them into it like i the strategy here is something that i you're you're trying to explain the galaxy brain part. I know. It's, it's, it's like it's like three D chess, but happening constantly. Yeah. Right. Um. I I wanted to to shout out the the last campfire by the people at Hello Games. Yes. Because I think that looks really neat. And yeah, definitely that, a departure from uh, No Man's Sky. That trailer got me oddly emotional. Yeah, no, it was very emotional. I, it looks the game looks very dark. Yeah, you're like saving your stoned up friends, not like <clears throat> stoned, but they are. <laughs> they became Turned stoned to stone. They yes. became stoned. Um, There's a better way to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's eleven thirty. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> But you know, I that one was cool, and then they did like a, they did like a quick fire round of games, and they announced that Blair Witch was coming to the Switch. Yeah, yeah, that made me chuckle. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, so that's another, another opportunity for me to not play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their big, 
Okay, so I do want to shout out. Moving out looks really fun. Um, yeah, that looks interesting. I also I, super liminal. Uh, I was excited to see that. Super yeah, liminal. Yeah. Every time I every time I see that game again and again, I just think, man, this game is gonna mess with my mind. Like, oh yeah, it's I'm gonna, gonna break you. Yeah, uh, but moving out almost looks like a. It reminded me a lot of Frogger. Yeah. And like, I really liked seeing that. I really want to play that with Seth and get mad at him. Like, <laughs> I looked at that game and I'm like, this looks like a fun game that Seth and yes. I will play and get yes. mad at each other. It has to be co-op. <laughs> yeah. But it does look like a lot of fun. Um, And then they they showed their big, their, like, one last thing was Exit the Gungeon, which I know that Enter the Gungeon is hyper popular. I am a huge fan of it. Um, but I don't know if it is deserving of a one last thing because it's a port yeah. of a mobile game. Yeah. Because yeah. it's Huh. Maybe we're just not that crowd. Yeah. Well, no, uh, I like and I really like Enter the Gungeon. But I'm yes. saying It's a peculiar choice for right. a I think to ha- dedicate a a segment all to its own. Yeah. Like their their previous so one more thing on indie showcases was like Cadence of Hyrule and yeah. like other stuff that was pretty big Cuphead. indie stuff. Yeah, True. Like Cuphead. Yeah. Um and instead it's a you know a mobile game. A mobile game put on Switch that's all I guess it's getting put on PC and PS4 also. Um but yeah. Weird. Very weird. Um, if that rumor that the the article we talked about last week is true, we should get a Nintendo Direct next week. It'll probably come out after we record, of course. But um yeah. So Seth, was there any other news that you wanted to talk about? Uh I don't believe so. I think we we hit all the good stuff. Um, I did send you a trailer during the break. Yes. I feel like we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll end the show on this bit of talk. Yes. It needs to be said that we don't know the, uh, the validity of, of, yeah. of this. Um, but, uh, and I don't even know where you found it cause I hadn't seen it anywhere, but it, this, where, where was this? How did you find this? So I saw it on a. Uh, gaming Twitter, one of the gaming journalists I follow on Twitter, I can't remember, retweeted mm. it. And it's a leaked trailer on r slash uh, gaming leaks or whatever mm-hmm. for the, I guess it's already been rumored that there's going to be a Tales from the Borderlands Redux where they redo it. And yeah. they it's like a director's cut. With um, new scenes. With up to like 30 um, minutes of new scenes and a mini episode. Yeah, and then at the end of it, like a presumed teaser for a Tales from the Borderlands 2, which I don't know. There's so much, so much about this is like, it feels too good to be true, especially with the state that Telltale is in. And I know they're making games now again, but like, I don't know. Like, who is making this? What? Why is know, this being made? I want to know who the writers are. Yeah, because like I do not want it to be the original staff. I do like not want it is... to be Borderlands Three writers. Yeah, yeah. I especially with the way that they treated Reese and everyone 
yeah. not even everyone because they didn't include them. Um, but I don't want them touching those characters in a s- actual story setting uh, like that because I don't yeah. trust them. It's and and with the second one, like I, I mean, if it's even if it's all of the same people, and they decide to make a sequel, like I guess I would be excited about that. I guess, but at the same time, I don't know. Like my my great hope for Borderlands Three was that it would maybe not directly continue the story of Tales, but at least incorporate it somewhat because there was like a a literal. There, w- there was a story that they were setting up in that, um, and then it was just kind of discarded for three, and then and they took the characters that they wanted and just sort of turned them into whatever they needed them to be, um, which was, uh, I mean, they at least didn't, like, violate the, the, the canon that Tales from the Borderlands had um, set up, um, but I don't know. It definitely didn't acknowledge the canon for the most yeah, part. Yeah, but I, like, but like thinking about that, like I don't know that I like. I guess I would like to see if the same people were doing it. I think it would be interesting to see that story, but like what seeing how the characters were treated in Borderlands proper, like it makes me like what it if if they are going to use the same characters, then, like, the the ones that are... the ones who would be returning that were in Tales from the Borderlands, like, they're basically different characters now. Right. Um. And, like, of course, characters can't be the same all the time. Like, even in Tales, like, the characters grew and their dynamics changed with each other. And, you know, that's what good stories do. But it's also, like, the, they were, like, wholesale, like, entirely different characters in Tales. Or the other option is you do it with a brand new cast of characters, and then, like, I... I then I don't even know, like, that's something that I'm interested in. Uh, especially knowing that these characters, like, the way that they are will always exist outside of the the proper Borderlands games. Uh, I don't know. It's... Mm. I have, I have, I have feelings about this, and they are conflicted. Yeah. Oh man, me too. I. Uh, it's. Part of me is very excited. The other part of me doesn't want people to further taint these characters for me. And, yeah. Uh, it's strange, but I I wanted to. You know, get your opinions on it. Um, so, Forrest, you never played Tales from the Borderlands, right? No, but I hear it's like the best Borderlands content, almost. Man, yes. It's so good. I've seen, uh, I, I've liked what I've seen about it. And if there's a second one coming out, potentially, like, great. Yeah, it's great man so all right quick update on the website it's still underway um nick is still plugging away at it he's going through some stuff right now he's having to actually quarantine because 
you know, sometimes your family goes to the beach when they shouldn't and <laughs> he's living it right now. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're going to have that done by the end of the month and it's, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, I don't think Megacon is going to happen this year. So I'm going to do like a sticker giveaway through here because Usually what I do is give away all our stickers through me- by like at Megacon. And so I still have a ton that I need to give away. And, um, you know, share the episode. Let me know you shared it and I'll send you a sticker. That's pretty simple. Um, just give me your address and I'll ship it. No problem. Um, I also probably need to ship some to Seth. I don't think you have any. Um, <laughs> or just drive. I can't drive them up to you now. Uh that would be in poor taste. We need to stay inside. Um, but yeah, was there any other news, Seth? Well, you already asked me that and I already said no. So yeah, no. All right. Um, with that, we will, man, it's going to be hard to want to record a show because I'm going to need to be collecting beetles and stuff to earn bells. But yeah, you know, we'll be here to talk about animal crossing next week and we're very excited about it. Um, And we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Stay safe. Stay inside. Don't touch me. Adios. Wash your hands.